0: The big challenge is this, how are investors like us, who are not backed by a billion dollar hedge fund, who are investing money from our own pockets, how do we buy, sell, and invest in the properties we believe in, yet still make a profit without risking all of our own money? That is the challenge. In this podcast, we'll give you the answers. My name is Nate Armstrong, and welcome to The Social Media Blueprint. Hey guys, welcome back. You're listening to the second part of last week's episode. Let's jump back in.
1: Screen two. You got it, Nate?
0: The screen's coming up now. There we go. Yep, we got it.
1: There's my little list, right? I get them every week. They come in. Let's just look at uh, I don't know, poison. Let's go to Sugar Creek here. I'll highlight this one so you can see it. There's the address there, publication date. I have all my VA does all this stuff. So here's the original principal, right? And we don't do anything under four, over 400,000. This doesn't make sense for my buying equation. So 75,000 is the original principal, And this is coming up next month. That's the attorney that's gonna do it. Okay, so here's the original deed of trust date, Patrick. So this loan here is 15 years old. So hopefully it would have some pay down, you would think. We don't know if it's an interest only loan. We have no idea what type of loan it is, right? but when you get to the auction you just don't know what the i've seen them i was like we discussed earlier i've seen them be uh, original principals at 75,000 and the foreclosure the trustee will open up at 180,000 i've seen them let's look down here at Meadow View Road i've seen them original principals at 180,000 i've seen these bids open up at 70 or 80,000 so there is no, I, well, I haven't figured it out. Maybe, I, you know, I, I don't know all that is to know about foreclosures, but there I haven't found a correlation between original principle and opening bid yet. I just haven't seen it.
0: On that same note of correlations, and, and Patrick, let us know if that helps, man. I think that's solid answer. Patrick, you let us know, man. On that correlation side, do you see any correlations, period, outside of principal amount and all that kind of stuff, do they take a discount of market value or is every lender just different? They Everyone. just decide.
1: Yeah, man. Because, you know, they could be behind five years or they could be behind five months. You just don't know, man. I would, You know, I thought I had it down. Obviously, I've been looking at them for years, you know, since 2007, but I can't figure it out, Nate. I don't know, brother. I mm-hmm. think they have their BPO and they do whatever they need to do before the auction and they got their little equation, whatever that could be.
0: And have you figured out the average discount to market value that you're buying at or the auction sells at in general? Like, is there a rough range you can get those houses at?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah well, absolutely. It all depends. The, generally speaking, the, they go up to about 85% because there are some And let me tell you, I've seen from coast to coast, there are some buyers that will buy a house just to keep their crew working. Okay. So you can't compete with a guy like that. Mm. If you're watching, I want to repeat that. Like I have a friend, he's got, a, he does a hundred houses a year. He might be doing 10 rehabs at a time and so he can buy a house and then he doesn't necessarily have to make any money. He just needs to keep his construction crews working. Right. So for me, I don't have, I don't have the capital to just get it out and keep it working. I have to make a profit on every hundred thousand that we put out. So make sure when you're bidding up against these guys, you don't have their equation in your head. Keep, you have to use your own equation because you'll lose.
0: Mm, solid, solid advice.
1: So I'm seeing them go up to 80. These guys can buy 85% because they just keep fix the house up. They got their crew working. They might make five, $6,000 on the flip and they'll move on. But we can't, uh, I don't, well, yeah, I can't speak for everybody, but I wouldn't be able to put out several hundred thousand dollars and make 5,000. It wouldn't make, would be a good use of my time all my money.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to steal Chris's concept here. And for any of you that are wholesaling out there, Chris just gave you gold. If you're going to wholesale a house, would you rather wholesale it to the person that just wants to keep his crews working and will pay more? Or would you rather wholesale it to the person that's trying to buy it for what you bought it for? Mm -hmm. And I would try to find that buyer. The point is, try to go find that buyer because if they just need to keep their crew working, you could feed them a lot of houses and have margin for you in that equation.
1: That's right, Nate. Are found, you that guy, Nate? You just got, you got, are you the guy that all, the, all you have to do is keep the crew working? No, no,
0: not even close, man. No, all right. No, I was having a conversation with one of the guys on our team that he helps wholesale the properties to buyers. So he's always looking for buyers. <coughs> and what he's finding is that like the folks that like to do the flips, buy, fix, and sell, they always want to buy it for like pennies on the dollar, super, super discounted. And on the other side, the folks that are going to keep it as a rental, they'll pay a little bit more. Yeah. And we were breaking down the reasons behind that. And if you think about it from a wholesaling perspective, the landlord buyer is a better buyer because they don't need to account for selling it with a realtor and paying realtor fees. They don't need to account for long holding costs or granite countertops, or they can get by with a lesser rehab. Therefore they might be able to pay more for the property. And once that concept was open, he's like, wow, this is awesome. Yes, I get it. I'm going to spend all my time looking for landlord buyers because they're a better buyer. They are. And now I'm going to have them watch this recording because you just gave another one. Look for the person that they they just need to keep their crew busy.
1: They do. They do. And you, know, uh, and, you know, I think that's respectable, though. Like guys like me that are flippers, we have a lot of risk. I mean, the market could change any day. I agree. I agree.
0: I was telling them yesterday that where the good flipper buyers like you come in is usually rents and prices don't go up proportionately. Like Mm-mm. you might have a $90,000 house that rents for 900 bucks per month, but it doesn't necessarily mean that a $100,000 house is going to rent for a thousand per month. No like, way prices will go up and rents will not go up proportionally. Mm. I got one right now that's a $600,000 house and rents are not 6000 per month.
1: Mm. Rents
0: are like 3200 maybe 3300 And so the rule that I just said about landlords, it does not apply when you get into higher prices.
1: Oh, gotcha.
0: So if you're dealing with $300,000 houses, those are much better to find a flipper buyer. Like mm-hmm. flipper buyers are your best friend because landlord buyers can't go up as high.
1: Yeah. And those can't cash flow it
0: yeah yeah there's the words uh, how
1: the heck you gonna cash flow at six hundred thousand dollars unless you got you know you have to have a lot of bedrooms in there That'd
0: be <laughs> um, the seller on it so he came in from marketing and the seller on it he owns it free and clear and um, he initially wanted cash for the deal and then we kind of talked numbers and then we ended up settling on 550 as the price. I showed him what he would lose to realtor fees and whatnot if he sold it on his own. So we settled on 550 but the terms are 4% interest interest only 10 years on the interest only. And, bad. and, and so the payments on that they're less than what I'd collect per month on the rents by a little bit I'll make a little bit of a margin but for me it's in an area that I know historically has gone up and up and up. And it's very, even during the last crash, it didn't go down very much.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I, I'm betting on a little bit of cash flow per month and the long-term plan. It. And it's just a beautiful property. Like I, it'll be a headache-free property for me.
1: You're something, Nate. you oh. something.
0: So Chris, you got another question here from Wayne. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I think that you'll be able to help or at least add some insights. He says, how does a reverse mortgage work in calculating your offers?
1: Oh yeah. Good one, good one. Wayne, I'm trying to think if I have done a reverse. I think I might've done one of these reverse mortgages. From my experience, they will take a discount, but I just haven't seen them come down low enough. Nate, Wayne, Nate and Wayne. You know, when they, I don't like reverse mortgages for my elders. Merely, I just think that these reverse mortgages, they're loaning them, let's say 50,000. They're creating a note for three times the amount on the house. From what I've seen, you know, it just hasn't been in the past, they haven't been the best products for my elders to get. However, for the investor to try to go and get it, the lien or the deed of trust is so big, I haven't been able to make them work. If there is no equity. Once once they get those reverse mortgages, I just, it's not enough equity to do the deal. And you can't take them with the payments because they want to, they will call that note six months after the person moved transitions. So
0: basically, you someone calls it a reverse mortgage, you just walk away. Not your well,
1: thing. I have. I look at it to make sure that it's no equity, and yeah, we. I haven't made them work. I don't know about Nate. I've I've, I've yet. I've bought one, but I don't. I can remember it.
0: I've never bought a a single reverse mortgage one in the handful that I've looked at, they're similar. Like the just the lender, like I did (coughs) one of them I got pretty heavy into the mortgage documents. And where the lender was banking, it's almost like they're placing a bet on the person dying and then taking back the house. And that's where they make their big spread. So when the terms are stacked in that favor, it's against you right from the get go.
1: Yeah. I don't spend a lot we do it we when 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 one comes in, Wayne, we do a little research on it, but I would prefer to just give the occupant some advice and then kind of move on. Cause you know, usually some family member that's inherited the problem one would say, so they're looking for a solution. They're in the house. What do I do? It's real touchy.
0: Yeah. You are uh, Claude Moss says reverse mortgage properties are an investment. No, no, or no go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're getting all kinds of hearts and likes getting pounded over here by Eric and Claude and a few other people. Nice. I Thank don't ever guys. get those by myself, so that's totally <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> We go work
1: yeah, we're gonna work on Nate we're gonna work on Nate a little bit. We can...
0: Eric Eric is coming around and saying, besides not going out to houses much now, what other adaptations or strategies are you putting in place to continue to grow your business and your vision during this like COVID nineteen stuff?
1: Besides not going, I'm, I gotta tell you, I don't tell, I don't, I don't say this frequently, but I'm in the real estate business because I'm what you call a high eye, Eric. I don't know if you ever took a disc analysis. I didn't take one until recently, right? So I'm like, I, I'm, I'm nervous. I get nervous when I don't have people interaction. So I have to go out, at least drive by the house. I can't sit in the office all day. So I'm still going out. But yes, what we're doing differently, we do digital walkthroughs. I know Nate was big on that, pictures, but. You gotta digitize. If you ain't gonna digitize, you're gonna be gone. In my opinion, if you haven't worked figured out how to maneuver this internet, and not only that, get on his phone. If you don't have any presence on his phone, Eric, I just think that you're gonna be in a little bit trouble in the near future. And I don't say it's. Listen, I bought Zoom stock at 160. Right, it's 230 today. I mean, I just don't know if. uh, this internet thing is going to slow down. I, I just can't see a future. I, I, I don't see anything but going on, moving online.
0: Good good feedback, man. Good feedback. Chris, this is a question from me. You are so chill. And I know that when you're sitting down with sellers, whether they admit it or not, they're making a big financial decision. And I think part of what makes success for you, other than you just being you, but it's keeping the calm keeping the chill and helping that this be like a relaxed decision, not like a high pressure. You got to sign nothing like that. Can you give us any insights on or tips on what you do when you sit down with a seller, right? Great from ringing the doorbell, any tips or feedback that you'd give us to help us keep the Chris Haskins
1: chill to us? Yeah, man. I can't take credit for it. I get it from my dad, by the way. Ah, so first thing in my mind when I go to meet with a seller, the first thing is I don't know if I'm going to buy your house or not.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It's irrelevant to me. If a you know, matter of fact, I don't even care if I buy it. I got enough houses, right? So that's my thing. I'm like, am I going to do this deal? I don't know. But I let them know that too. Like Miss Smith, because they're all, like you said, Nate, this the biggest thing they've ever done. They're all scared. I'm like, listen, you can rely. I don't even know how I'm going to buy a house. So it's okay. it's okay if I don't buy it. It's Okay. So I let them know that I'm cool with not buying it as opposed to the 2007 Chris Haskins that showed up. I'm like, God, if I don't get this deal, I'm not going to eat dinner tomorrow. You know, so you have to get them. Even if you're broke, you cannot go in there thinking that you have to get. I call it deal-itis.
0: Deal-itis.
1: Yeah, deal-itis. You got to get a deal. Deal. I need a deal. I need a deal. Yeah. So yeah. don't go in that first thing mindset. I don't even know if I'm gonna buy your house. I tell them that. If you keep if you can keep that mindset, then they at the end, I mean when you're talking to them, I don't know if I'll buy it. I'm not quite sure.
0: Wow, that lets the pressure out.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Cause then you can talk to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like it. What else you got? This is good.
1: So I don't know if I'm gonna buy your house. And if once we're talking to them and I, and I do like it, then I will, you know, give them my solutions. But if we find out that they don't, if it's not a mesh, I let them know that listen, I'm gonna give you some alternatives to doing business with me. I want to make sure that you see the whole scope because the last thing I need is little old ladies thinking I'm taking advantage of them. I'm like, I tell people, I'm like, I don't need no old ladies thinking I'm out here taking advantage of people. So listen, you can do ABC, you can do boom, boom, boom. You can drive this, do that. Then you let me know if you want me to buy it, You know, I got enough houses. I don't need to buy another one. I've seen thousands of them. So let me see if I can help you. I think Nate, you said it too. Buy from your heart, Oh, deal with your sellers from your heart. I think that's big. You know, don't try to do. You're not going to do every deal. Try to help people. And the more you help them, they're going to be like that dude, Chris. Like sometimes I'll just stop the foreclosure. If the foreclosure's tomorrow, I'm like, listen, you know, we could buy your house and scrape you over the coals, but let's do this. Let's just help you stop the foreclosure. Then we'll come back to it later. Is that cool? People love you more. Wow. Wow. Chris,
0: backing up to what you just said, you literally the words that come out, because I want I want people to take note of this. This is the most important part. Sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves. The seller's already got pressure on them. And if we've got pressure on ourselves, then it just makes this like two trains colliding kind of effect. Mm, yeah. So the words you actually say are, hey, I don't want some little old lady thinking that I took advantage of her. I don't want anything to do with that. So I'm going to lay out all the, like that's the actual words you say.
1: <laughs> I can't have little old ladies thinking I'm taking advantage of them. They love it, man. They're like, you know what? You're right. I can't yeah. have that. I can't have it on my conscience. You know? So it's like, listen, you can try this, we can do this, or you can go show it to the realtor and have them do it, or you can give it back to the bank, you know, boom boom boom, you give them their options.
0: Yeah. This is so good. This is so good. And it's true, which I, I from all that I know about you, it's totally true and from the heart. So just when you're sitting there, you can relieve that pressure. I, yeah. I, I, I honestly I, are. I teach that. So I don't have the cool words like you, but I've always taught in our program that that there's so much pressure on the seller that they put on themselves in that meeting. It's kind of like if you've ever seen a steam engine train, how it works is they take coal and they heat it up really hot and they boil water and it pushes steam. And that steam literally puts 50,000 pounds of pull on the the rail. So to move that wheel and tug this train along, it's 50,000 pounds of pull it has to create. So you'd think that This steam, these pipes would explode more often, but there's one reason that they don't explode. It's this little tiny valve called the safety valve. And it's triggered to let the pressure out of the pipes when it feels it's too much pressure. And if I think if we can borrow your words, we'll let all the pressure out of the room. Just like like that.
1: that. I like that, Nick.
0: Yeah. And then we can actually move the train forward instead of trying to have competing forces. So. This is good, man.
1: You got some good stuff, Nate. You got some good ones, Nate. You've been around the block, bro.
0: I'm just trying to figure out how to really synthesize this because there's different ways to say things Mm -hmm. in in the more natural, like you just said it, like that's why I wanted to really hone in on your words. You said it in a really cool, passive way. And I think that's going to serve a lot of people. And there's another one that I want to, I want to back up before that meeting. Seven out of 10 leads that come in, they're going to say something like, I want retail price. I want full price. And you still probably go on the appointment and sometimes it works out for retail. Sometimes you buy it at wholesale. Like, how do you handle that? Because a lot of people, when they hear that, I want retail, we mentally write it off and we never even go see the house.
1: What do do. you do? Yeah, it depends on how I'm feeling. You know, everybody has a different buying criteria. So if I know I'm cash heavy, I'm looking for rehab. You know, I might come back to it later, but if I want to do, I think you do a lot of, uh, what is it? Owner finance and de- trying to get the down payment and get some monthly spread. So, terms, I will still look at it. Once again, I'm, I do terms deals. I like terms deals, but I, I've had so many over the years, man. I just had so many of them blow up. But yeah, so if they want me to still come out, I don't, uh, I let them know off the top. I'm not sure if we can do business with it. I'm not quite sure. I love to just let them know up front because they, they don't have an equity but if we could come look at it or if we look at the whole picture, we may be able to help you. I'm not quite sure if I can do anything with this because you don't have any equity, but let me look at the whole story and we may be able to help you. Cause I need them to tell me some information, right? I got to, I have to know the monthly payment because they're kind of uptight. They want full price and you're already telling them that you don't know if you can help them, but you can't do anything. Well, then I guess, let me put it in the question that we can't help them until we get the information out of them. Right? Yeah, absolutely. We got to know, we got to know the details. You gotta know what they owe and the month and what they owe in the monthly payment, you know, and where they're going before you can even get into terms. But yeah, I'll still look at them. They, I may be able to help you. Not sure if I can, but let me look at the whole picture and see how we can help you. That's why that's how I kind of go with those.
0: Yeah. Yep. I always equate this to like if you were gonna sell something, wouldn't you want full price? <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's just natural. It's the first thing that comes out of her mouth.
1: Yeah, so, I ain't mad at them.
0: And so when we sit down with the seller. The very first thing that we like, we get to know you time, whatnot, walk around the house. And then when we sit down to go through numbers, open book, boom. Let's put it all on the table so that everybody understands this isn't some mystery, like punch in the gut, low ball cash offer. This is, mm-hmm. hey, I can offer a cash offer. Here's how we get to that number. Let's go through it line item together so everybody gets it. And what I'm finding is that there's a percentage of people that even after they said i want full price now that they understand that full price is deducting closing costs it is deducting as an investor i have to make a profit and i'm going to be very very open about that <clears throat> then they get to that number and they're like okay i can get it you know if you can give me a couple thousand more i'll do that
1: mm, i like and that
0: just so people don't like mentally write off write it off right away there's a lot of people that we can help and full price like we we've signed now we're on a little bit of a Thank God, this is a blessing. But we've had five signed contracts in the last 13 days.
1: It's cranking, man. It's cranking. yeah,
0: yeah. The the ads are going well, and there's a lot of people that need help.
1: Nate, we listed a house yesterday. Three offers first day. I mean, the, the real estate is on fire. It's on oh, wow. fire.
0: Wow, man. I'm I'm wondering. Like everyone was kind of forecasting doom and gloom during doom the my virus. Oh, <laughs> But it, gosh, if in if, jobs came back super strong, way faster than people expected And Man. if we have another month of jobs like that, this could really just take off. And
1: well, you're doing things too. I'm happy for you.
0: I'm happy for, for the business folks that are getting yeah. into business right now in general. This
1: mm, that's is true. That's true.
0: a lot of people, they kind of clammed up during the virus, but now mm-hmm. thank God people are able to get back out and, and start yeah. making stuff happen. This is, this is a good time, really good time. I want to just scan over here. I've got four Mm. different windows open for
1: questions. And they got that geek mind.
0: (laughs) I got to get that the software that you have that you know you can publish them all in one spot, but uh, (laughs) Zoom doesn't let you do that. We covered all of O'Neill, Mr. O'Neill's questions, Eric's questions, and then to our folks, you got oh great, we got a couple more here. So Buck, Buck Lawrence from New York says hello, Chris.
1: What up, Buck? What up?
0: Buck's a good dude. I like Buck. Sandy, Sandy's on. Sandy's a good lady too. She's got a question. She says, I've got some leads who kind of refuse to even have the initial talk. They just demand full price. How do you handle it? And then she says, I usually reply if they were the buyer, they wouldn't buy a property with just an address, but not sure if I'm saying it right. What would you say? To give some context, this is a digital lead that comes in, has not been on the phone, Probably texting back and forth, and Sandy, you can give me more data if I'm wrong. But they're probably texting back (coughs) and forth, and just wants an offer via messenger or via text message. They might.
1: They might. I have yet to master once again being a high eye. I haven't mastered this whole digital offer yet. I think Nate, you might be a little more smooth on that.
0: Here's what we do, Sandy. Is um, a lot of people because they're short on time. I'm guilty of this too. I actually. So my car got hit a couple weeks ago. My Jeep. And, um, I got to bring it into the shop and the shop is giving me a rental car through enterprise rental car. And they gave like my number to three different enterprise offices. So they were all calling me. And finally I I picked up the phone once and I'm like, Hey guys, like, can you just text me? Like, I can't get bombarded with all these calls. Please only text me if you can drop off a car to the body shop at this time. Otherwise you don't even need to call me. Like, and I'm just thinking about it from other people's perspective, They're probably trying to push back because they feel like they're busy or whatever. And so I'm putting myself in their shoes. So what I hit them with are short text messages, just and think about who texts you. It's usually family or friends. Someone that you already know is texting typically. And so I try to hit just a super short text message back and it's things like how much does the house need in repairs? And then in their mind, Now this is the kind of conversation they think should be happening in order to get to the offer. So you give them a little bit of it, super short, not long, but super short texts. And then eventually it's going to lead to a short phone call. Okay. So you, you know, you go back and forth, three or four times, a super super short text messages and then say, okay, I think I can get you an offer. I just need three minutes. Let me know when's good for you.
1: I like that Nate. Sounds like you're asking questions over text pretty much
0: yeah yeah well said you can simplify I like things
1: one. i like that one
0: yeah just simple simple questions
1: you're like a chameleon Nate. you have to transform it to whatever the hell the seller wants you to be regarding the way they want to communicate
0: it's true and with digital leads people came to us via a social platform a lot like right now all of us here we're hanging out we're hanging with a really cool dude mr chris haskins mm-hmm. And we're all interacting digitally. And this is the new norm. Like people like this. This is the way it goes. And so we've got to basically hang with them for a little while on their platform, how they prefer. And then once we're warm enough, now we can earn that phone call, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Good point. Ray is asking, hi, Chris, you mentioned being able to stop foreclosure. I'm a newbie. How do you do this? Do you Mm. make their payments? (laughs) What's the name? Uh, this is Rhea, like ray of sun, Rhea.
1: Rhea, I'm going to come through the screen and get you if you make payments on anybody's house that you do not own. You know I love you. I want to say this and still be loved.
0: I'm glad you're saying this because that's what I pictured in my mind. I'm like, oh, how's he doing this? Is he stopping paying? What? What's going I got one right now live, a Nashville one. A sister is the lender to another sister and the sister's foreclosing on the sister. And I just about made the payment. I just Get out in. of here. No, because I couldn't find another way. She owns it on a land contract. So it's kind of mm. fit gray territory. Anyways, you tell us, Chris, the right way. What's the right way to do this? Well,
1: I don't know if it's the right way. I'll just know of one or two ways. I mean, we just do something called a self-filing bankruptcy. Self-filing bankruptcy. And you're not practicing law. All you're doing is pointing somebody in the right direction. And you're not taking any money. Don't take. We don't charge people to do this. I don't want people to say... Well, you charge somebody legal services. Uh-uh. Look, we'll show you how this is how you file a self-filing bankruptcy. Boom, 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 boom. It will stop one hundred percent of creditors. Land con—I don't care what creditor it is. Land contract. I have seen people not pay their water bill. I've seen them cut the power back on. That federal bankruptcy protection is a beast. That's what it's for. Oh. So you show them how to do that, and then they give the case number. And then they, if they want to go through with it and finish it all up, they can do that. But um, that's what we do.
0: Now, once they file, and I'm not asking you to be an attorney, so if you don't know, don't don't go here, but once they file, could they pull that back if they want to? Or is that like once the genie's out of the bottle, the genie's out of the bottle?
1: Well, by default, after, I don't remember the days, I think it's 14 days. I, I, don't hold me to it. It gets discharged automatically. Oh, okay. So yeah. you do whatever you got to do, clean it up, and then you can kind of go back in and start your procedure whatever you're doing but do your own research on that so i just point people in the direction to do that yeah and they will love you oh jesus you're talking about people that will just hug you i've had people hug- i mean yeah when you when somebody has a matter of fact i've stopped in the same day and they had when you got somebody losing their house today if you show them how to stay in there i mean that how they can stop it i mean they just love you once again, you want to serve. The more you serve, it's like you never know. They're going to tell people. They may come back. You don't know what's going to happen. So, yes, that's how we do it.
0: That's awesome. Rhea, let us know if that helps right there. Let us know, and and I'll report back to Chris. You got Diana. Diana's asking, asking, uh, a seller wants to sell subject to, however, his house is in an HOA, and they will only allow seller-occupied houses. Any suggestions?
1: I've seen that. They can do that about the bylaws. They can not allow you to rent it out. They can cause you real, real heartburn. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I would probably pass. Unless you're moving in it. Are you moving in it? There you go, Diana. You want to move in that one? I personally, I don't want to move in no house that I can't rent out if I change my mind. You know, time and circumstance might, you move in and then you have to move in a month. You never know.
0: Diana, as a, if, if this one's worth it, if it's not worth it, then just do what Chris said, like it's, you don't want to waste your time. But if it's worth it, if you see a lot of equity, You might put it under contract subject to long inspection and then you go out and you find an owner-occupant buyer and you simply assign your contract. That way there, you're never going to take title. You're never going to own it. You're just selling your contract. You're assigning it. You're assigning your contract to the end buyer for an assignment of contract fee. You make a couple bucks on it and you move on to the next deal.
1: That was going to be a little bit easier said than done though, Nate.
0: It is, yes. I
1: mean, you just... (laughs) Come on, Nate. Give me the whole thing, man. Ain't nobody signing no contract to no end buyer today. You know, we were doing it 10 years ago, but you're going to have to do some magic to hook that up and make it work around the the lender and all that stuff. But, you know, we can't get into it now, but at least at least, forewarn her.
0: Diana, Chris is totally right. Let me ask you this, Diana. What's the purchase price on that? If we're talking like lower end senior community, thirty dollars to $60,000 kind of small condo or like mobile home kind of rent can probably pull it off. If we're talking $400,000 place, probably not gonna. Here's why. Chris alluded to this. If the end buyer needs financing, this isn't gonna work. It's just not gonna work because- well, it, end, it won't work like that, but go ahead. If you got cash, if cash is coming in, Cash doesn't get tied up in the nuances of the contracts, like who's assigning to who. Like we got a buyer right now on a duplex that we've got in Milwaukee. We got this duplex with a seller and we're wholesaling it to the end buyer and the end buyer is using financing and the end buyer's lender is wondering why the name on title on the purchase agreement doesn't match the name on title of the deed. And so we're writing this letter of explanation (laughs) that we're wholesaling the property and lenders just don't like that. Like they, for them, it's so complicated. So yeah.
1: Are they going to yeah. do that? we had to put record, record liens against houses, you know, do another contract between the buyer and the seller. They're going to pay the fee
0: on this duplex that
1: we're doing. Yes. I don't know yet. This yesterday
0: yes. is when <laughs> usually our buyers will be aimed for the cash buyer, but this buyer is really motivated, really wants it. So we're, toying with using his, well, we're trying to use his lender, but the lender's already saying, well, why don't the title name? So that was yesterday. So today we're reinventing, we're writing a letter of explanation and we're going to see how that goes.
1: No, no, we should document that one, Nate. I would love to see how that one turns out.
0: Kate on her team's gotten a couple through with lenders. Um, What? Yeah, she's she's gotten them through. It's never easy. It's never, but we just kind of roll with the punches. So I'll document it.
1: You got to let me download that letter, brother. That must be a beast of a letter.
0: We'll see how it looks when it's all done with this one. Okay. i me scan our board. Rhea said, totally helps. Thank you so much, Chris. And you got Dutch. Dutch is over here. Said, thanks. You got a lot of hearts, a lot of loves. I think we nailed all the questions though. Cool. Sweet. Chris, anything else you want to share? Any parting thoughts before I let you go, man? We've had you for over an hour. I appreciate
1: this. Yeah, if you're doing foreclosures, Nate, just make sure you're doing your research on your what lien you're gonna be bidding on. If it's make sure because I've seen thirds, seconds and thirds foreclose. I had a partner buy a house with a second, with a big old first behind it. So make sure you know what lien is foreclosing. Just because it's a twenty thousand dollar mortgage doesn't mean it's in first position. Okay. And then the second thing is just you're gonna have to deal with the tenant. Be prepared to deal with people, you know, treat them right if they live in the house, give them a few dollars to move. If not, Work with them, help them move where they gotta go.
0: Beautiful. Chris, for anyone that hasn't met you from my group here, how do we get a hold of you? If they want to reach out to you and, and follow what you're doing, because you're doing a lot of good, especially with your your YouTube channel, like you're mentoring thousands of people, how do people get in touch?
1: Yeah. Best thing is follow on YouTube is the first thing, but I'm still actually communicating, I guess, Insta on IG. I'm trying to get more savvy on this IG thing. So I think Insta is going to be the best place to get me now. It's just Chris Haskins with a K.
0: Awesome. So guys, everybody here, it's Chris with a big K. Chris Haskins with a K and you can find him on Instagram. You'll also see him out there, YouTube and his website and whatnot, but find him on Instagram. That's how you can get him best right now. Chris, thanks, man. I appreciate this. You, I know you didn't come here to like promote or anything like that. You literally just came here to, to serve and to help people. And I just want to honor that, man. Thank you. I appreciate it from me and from everybody else that's here today.
1: Yeah. Thank you for all you do too, Nick.
0: Awesome. Okay. God bless you, Chris. We'll talk to you later, man. Bye everybody. Yep. Bye. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Chris is an all around awesome, awesome dude. So here's the thing I would love if you could do us a huge favor and give us a rating, give us a review, drop comments. I read every single review that comes through and then uh, share this, share that. If you've enjoyed and you think that this message resonates with you, there's probably somebody else out there that could use this message as well. So please share it. Let the world know about the social media blueprint podcast. I just appreciate you so much. All right, I look forward to hearing you on the next episode. We'll see you soon. Bye.
1: This is the Podcast com.